Welcome to episode 33 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, this is something of an emergency podcast. We don't do emergency podcasts too much. We tend to stick to our schedule, but the Blue Jays have done a lot of things, and most specifically, they've traded for Matt Chapman. That is the headline, uh, and it's not very often that you get a guy from Oakland at third base who's been an MVP caliber <laughs> player, but it, it seems to happen sometimes, and it seems to happen to the Blue Jays more than any, anyone else. So what was your first reaction? Uh, well, I, I did sleep through it. Uh, so I kind of had to catch up on it. I was, uh, I was saying to somebody like the last big Blue Jays news I slept through was, uh, when Marcus Stroman wrecked his knee at the, in spring 2015. And it felt like the season was over cause nobody, you know, nobody knew who, how good Marco Estrada was going to be or, you know, all, if you recall 2015, uh, this is much better. <laughs> it was much better to, <clears throat> pardon me, to wake up to at, at 1230 to this news. Um, yeah, I think it's a like like obviously I think like left-handed hitters have been a bit of a focus not just for like probably for the Jays themselves but definitely for like Blue Jays Twitter and people who are like looking at who they could add. Um this does not help their lineup be uh any more left-handed obviously uh, Chapman's a right-handed hitter. Uh but also holy shit, like he's the best defensive third baseman in baseball or thereabouts. Uh, like Nolan Arenado may have a have a word about that, but, um, but yeah, what, like what a great trade. And, you know, going back the other way, Gunnar Hoagland is, I think for me, the big piece, like Kevin Smith was, was, is, you know, they have many Kevin Smiths in the, in the organization, but Hoagland, like Hoagland is, is a real prospect and was an, is an exciting one, but also kind of felt like found money because they, you know, they drafted him, you know, at 20, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the pick, but he was like a, a Tommy John guy who, Sort of fell in the draft, kind of into their laps, kind of like Austin Martin did, uh, and they another guy that they've traded who was their their, their first round pick, uh, and just felt like a guy that, you know, uh, was kind of far away. Sure, good good prospect, but you know when when anybody has sort of conceptualized or talked about, uh, you know, who the Blue Jays might trade this off season, um, he was not. He, packages being headlined by Gunnar Hoagland were were not really a thing, right? It was always Aurelis Martinez, Jordan Groshans, Gabriel Moreno. If if you know if it's Jose Ramirez, but uh, so to to get Matt Chapman for that price, I think is uh, is is a, a a real coup. I think they've done exceptionally well. I think they can probably coax some you know some more power out of him. He's kind of a boomer bust guy with the bat, but he doesn't even have to hit that much. Uh, to be an extremely valuable player because he's incredible at third base. Yeah, I mean, if he hits sort of average, which was what he did last year, not literally for average, which is something that people are going to be concerned about, but he's sort of an average offensive producer, then he's a really good starter. And yeah. if he's a good, you know, above average offensive producer, which is something he has been in the past, then, yeah, he's one of the better position players in the American League. Like, there is a very large range of outcomes for him. But the bottom of that range of outcomes is plenty good. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that this trade package is kind of almost what you trade for the worst version of Matt Chapman. You know what I mean? Like, this is not what you trade for the guy who has upside to be, I don't know about MVP candidate, but you could have made an argument for him in a couple of those years. But this is what you trade for a good starter who's making, you know, about nine and a half million this year under team control through next year like that's a good bargain for multiple years of control of a guy who's a good starter 
that's what this package says to me. Like Hoagland, like you said, he's a good prospect. Kevin Smith got moments of hype. I know that Keith Law, I believe, was uh, was in on him going into this season. I've never really bought it, to be honest. A guy who's always <laughs> been old at every level he's been at, been the guy who sort of needs to produce. His production has fallen off a cliff at times. He didn't look good in the majors last year. Now, I'm not going to rule him out entirely. He's got some versatility. He's got some power. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an MLB player, but I would be surprised if he's the kind of guy that the Blue Jays you know, really miss in the future. And when I actually think of this, you know, I think of the Donaldson deal, uh, it felt like the athletics were trying to get too cute because they felt like they could replace a big chunk of Donaldson with Laurie, the young MOB ready third baseman, and then build on that with prospects. And I don't think that it's quite the same with Smith because like you said, Hoagland is the bigger part of the package. But if they think that they can have Smith be a really big part of their MLB team, and then kind of get a bonus of all the other guys, I'd be surprised if it works out for them. Yeah, you know, like like I like the the Blue Jays just have higher aspirations than to give Kevin Smith the kind of run that that a guy like that needs. And Oakland doesn't at this point, clearly. They're uh so it's a good situation for him. We'll we'll see. If it works out, great. But I don't think he was ever going to be able to force his way into, you know, an ideal Blue Jays line. I mean, obviously, like for you know, we're talking about a team that has you know, Kevin Biggio and, and Santiago Espinal sort of slated for a, a platoon spot, uh, I guess now at second base until they trade for Jose Ramirez, which, you know, hopefully is imminent. Um, but yeah, like, like it could be, it could be an MLB player is, is I think, I think absolutely right. And could be a decent MLB player, but also uh, the, just there, the Jays are clearly aiming higher and uh, Matt Chapman is uh is is higher at this point like and i got i got i I think you're you're absolutely bang on and like yeah they did try like they tried to replicate they're like oh brett laurie is like josh donaldson light we hope uh which did not turn out very well for them uh but uh and and i think maybe they're maybe they're thinking the same thing here because i kevin smith's a good defender and especially if you put him at third base you know i I think you i think he'd be very good there um but he won't be chapman and who knows if he can hit so uh, yeah, it, it it doesn't. I don't know. I'm just I'm just so unbothered by this by by the the package that the the Jays have given up here. Uh, which also, you know, I've said Jose. Ramirez, this will be the third time I bring up Ramirez. So it's like, but like you, they didn't give up any of the guys that everybody was like, let's like go out and get Ramirez with, right? Like the uh, the the farm system did not take a hit, and they've got a, a, like a four win player back, which is uh, that's that's a good little piece of business, I think. Yeah, and and we'll get into Kikuchi as well, because that's happened since we last talked. But that context is important, too, because the thing about Hoagland, like he was their starting pitching prospect coming up behind Pearson, and there's so much uncertainty around Pearson that you can't really pencil him in for anything. But Hoagland was like the next guy to come through the system who you thought, oh, that's a guy we think will be part of our rotation. And it it is there is a bit of a void there now. There's a couple other guys, but... Yeah, you know, but G- not G- at his Vinder level. Or CJ Vinick, but but uh, who I think is having had Tommy John or something. Um, but yeah, no, not at his, he he was a, it was an exciting guy. But also, it is interesting, I think, that how both Martin and Hoagland sort of fell in their laps, and they were kind of like, all right, well, we'd be stupid not to take these guys who fall into us in the draft, but also clearly weren't kind of their guys. Maybe yeah, that doesn't mean that they're uh, immune to being shipped, but. 
you've got a rotation that's really locked down. You know, like Gosman's got the big contract. Barrios has the big contract. Kikuchi's got a three-year contract. You still have Ryu for two more years. Manoa's there forever. Now, you know, guys (laughs) get hurt. Guys suck. Uh, a lot of things can happen. I'm not. It's gonna suck, though. Is that is the, is the awesome thing? But yeah, uh, re, there's some suckage potential. <laughs> there is. There you know, you know there. a Ryu could start to suck next year. Uh, you know, Kikuchi is a Kikuchi, is a wild right. card. But I mean, Pete, Pete Walker, Pete Walker's gonna gonna write that ship. It's definitely him and not Matt Bushman and the and the, the pitching lab. But they. But they have this rotation that's pretty stable and theoretically in place over a multi-year span, which is really rare for them and kind of realistically for any team. And I think that made it a lot easier for them to say, you know what, Hoagland, maybe in 2024 he could have been a a rotation guy for us, but we might not even need one in 2024, especially if we, we could sign another in free agency, you can trade for one. Like, there's no massive hole coming up where it's like oh crap we're gonna need two to three starters like that's not on the horizon yeah. so <laughs> it, turns up- out when, it turns out when you spend 200 million dollars on two pitchers like it was six months ago uh yeah like because it, it felt for years like we were you know uh you know projecting oh simeon woods richardson is going to come in the rotation you know pearson and R- richardson and manoa you know and thinking about these like guys with who are you know, prospects and who are talented guys. Um, but it was not that long ago that that's kind of how we conceptualized the Jays rotation going forward. And now it's just completely changed. Yeah, they, they, they're they doing the Chicago Cubs thing, right? Like they're doing the, we developed this group of position players. It's easier to project position players yeah. forward. They stay healthier, a lot easier. And so we're going to spend the money on the pitchers and we're going to, develop own position players now chapman is a little bit of an addition to that now uh you know gritchick in his own way was supposed to supplement that that obviously (laughs) did not work um but you know that's the idea and i don't think it's a bad idea it it is so hard to know which pitchers are going to be durable until they go out and do it and even then it's hard like even guy you know it's a violent act you've said it a million times anyone can fall off a cliff who's a pitcher but when you have guys bringing them up through your system, building them up, like it's really hard to know. Like, you know, there are times when we talked about Nate Pearson is like, oh, this guy's got this big workhorse frame and ball. Like you've heard positive things about him coming up. Now he threw super hard. So that's always something of a red flag, but you really don't know. And so when you're looking for that certainty in the market, uh, it's easier to get veteran pitchers and young position players. And that's exactly what this team looks like right now. Oh, I, like, yeah, like it, like it just, it really, honestly feels like. I, I mean, Hoagland is a is a is is a great prospect, a very good prospect. You know, might be a top hundred guy by the end of the year. Uh, once he comes back from Tommy John, we see what he's like. Kevin Smith uh, was on some top hundreds, uh, is you know, but it just, it, and yet. And yet, it feels like they just really gave up nothing and got an ex- like exceptionally good win now player back. And it, it's like this is uh, uh, even though like the right handedness is a thing, they still need a lefty bat. Uh, Jose Ramirez would be my suggestion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it just feels like they gave up nothing for him. And and it, it's it's I mean maybe this is a tangent, but like it's a it's a that's the state of the game. Like the A's and the Reds are just operating uh, on. On a on a different level, uh, that is not good, 
uh, for baseball or for their fans uh, and uh, kind of immediately demonstrating that whatever they tried to do in the CBA talks that we you know took the, you know shut the game down for for three months or more uh, where you know part of the impetus for the players was like we would like there to be less tanking it's like well that, that whatever that was the the draft lottery is, has not impelled the the Oakland A's to like keep their good players which is a shame because they're like they they're always a good team they could have used Matt Chapman but um not complaining that he's on Toronto Blue Jay now like that's awesome it's he's going to be so fun to watch people I don't I don't know if people know how much fun uh it's going to be to watch him play defense even if he, he all he has to do is hit a bunch of home runs which he will you know give me give me 25 bombs 30 bombs and uh and play defense like he can every day uh that's going to be awesome the defense is truly ridiculous and like yeah. I wrote a piece about this today and honestly, that piece is full of gifts, and I left so much on the cutting room floor. <laughs> like in terms of going through all these plays and trying to find things that are, you know, emulate what he's really good at doing. Uh, I mean, that was just a lot of is fun it, for me. Everything? Yeah, is it I mean, it, it is kind <laughs> yeah. of everything. Yeah, but the range is outstanding. The way he ranges to his left into the gap, like I really think it's going to help Bo Bichette because less will be for asked sure. of Bichette for sure. moving uh, more than more than Vlad would, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and there, yeah, there's just so many balls you see him play, and you're like, that's not where third basemen are, and it's not because it's some shift or some funky positioning. Right. He plays, he does play deep, but he plays deep to give himself time to react, and because he's got this insane range, because and he can do it. Yeah. And it's I, I'm very curious to see how it affects Bobochet's game. Like there are pitchers, people pointed out, like Ryu's a guy who allows a lot of contact that direction. Kikuchi's another guy. Really, you know, it's left handers. Tim Meza when he's facing right handers. Uh but it's everyone, right? Like yeah. you Turns can out say they also have a lot of lefties now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's not just I mean, yeah, Kevin Gosman will see it less because he strikes out more people and he's five balls. Yeah, sure, but he's gonna be happy that this guy's there. And you mentioned the entertainment factor and, you know, the Blue Jays don't struggle in that regard. Like they're good, but they're also arguably even more entertaining than they are good just by nature of some of the personalities they have around. And, you know, Vladdy is his own thing and Bo, like there's just a lot going on there. But Chapman is going to really add to that. Like he he will be a pleasure to watch. And defense is something to really appreciate it. You kind of do want to watch it on a day in, day out basis. And the Blue Jays haven't had that defender. You know, I know Semyon was Since, so good at second last yeah. year, but he was good in a like really trustworthy, solid way. Just not the level of spectacular plays you're going to see out of Chapman. I, I I think you're right, and it, it, I think it's harder to do at second than at, like a third. You're like that's the guy who's like charging into the stands, and like you're gonna like he's he's that's the hot corner, as they say. Um, and like, it's weird. Like I, you know, growing up, I don't know, Kelly Gruber was the, was the third base and like the, the Jays did not for a long time. Have, and then I remember, Troy, I mean, you know, Tony Batista or whatever, but like Troy Gloss was to me surprisingly good. At yeah, third. he was all right. Surprised for a, for a large, for a man that large. I think he's, I think Gibbons put him at, at like a, a shortstop for a, a game or two in like 2006, um, which was probably absurd but uh but then then he then, then you got scott, scott Rowland, who is like literally literally i think will be a hall of famer probably should be a hall of famer uh and was just like a joy to watch at third base like so good and then like we've been spoiled like donaldson was an, is an incredible third baseman laurie uh, was really good 
Brett Laurie was, was defensive. Well, you know, you know, yeah, whatever was in his head didn't stop him from making great plays at third base. Um, and then that's been kind of gone for a little bit, you know. Uh, and uh, like Espinel's a nice little third baseman or whatever, but like, I don't know. Have, yeah, I think having Chapman there is going that will aesthetically make the, the product better uh, and will help the pitchers. And uh, uh, man, it's. It, it was wonderful news to wake up to. I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it was. Because uh, uh, I like, oh man, I like also looking like looking at the Matt Olson package, and some of those prospects are you know, uh, Pache or whatever. Like, well, you know, he needs to hit, and like there like there's question marks on any prospect, and and that suit like they gave up a lot there. Uh, I think this was less, and for a player who's not as good as as Olson, but also plays a a more demanding and more important position, and. Uh, it just it doesn't it just doesn't feel like you know like the Braves gave up their two number two and three or maybe number one and three prospects, uh, and the Blue Jays absolutely did not like there's still there's still guys there who will either help them in a couple of years or will help them get Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> imagine the uh, the 2018 version of Ross Atkins explaining this package if it were the one the blue jays were getting like you could talk sure. about <laughs> zach logue being mlb ready and like all these prospects are we ready and there's some stuff about kirby sneed that some guys like and think is a little bit underrated and he could be a bullpen piece but yeah it, it's hard to imagine the blue jays not winning this trade and you know it, <laughs> the, really I, and i like i did a podcast like a, a few weeks ago with zach logue was was one of Many people on a round table. Seems like a really nice guy. Well, it was it was cool to talk to Zach Logan. See you later, bud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh and yeah, there's some people hiring again, like there's a rash there's a reason Oakland did this trade. Like it's not a true robbery, it's not insane. I see the appeal of the players they've gotten, but like you said, if the Blue Jays want to do something else dramatic from here, which personally I'm not betting on, but a lot of the Twitter universe seems to believe is going to happen. Uh, you know, the tools are still there to do that. You've got Chapman. Chapman improves the defense so much. He improves the lineup. Like he's another MO, you know, he's MLB quality, quality starter as a, at the plate. And he could be significantly better than that. And it, it is funny, the aesthetic component, yeah. because aesthetically at the plate, he could be the opposite, right? Like he could be <laughs> a, a million bit. strikeouts. He and could like be Randall a, Gretchik. Yeah. yeah, a few home runs. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I don't think so. Like his strikeouts came out of nowhere in 2020 and he's young enough that it's really doesn't seem to be sort of a reaction time. And he'd been in the league long enough that it doesn't seem like you could just be figured out instantly at that point. So I don't know. There's something that's going on and I don't know what the answer to this question is, but I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't rein that in a little bit, especially because the Blue Jays have seen that with guys like Teoscar Hernandez and Gurriel Jr., like they've had some success bringing their guys to, uh, in a little bit on the sort of pure hacking and swing and miss stuff. I don't For know sure. if that's a promise that he's going to be, I don't know, back to 20. I forget what he had before, kind of low mid 20s. But, you know, if he could be even sort of high 20s, that would make a big difference in his production. And I don't think that's totally off the table. Yeah, no, I, I, I like, and they do. It's it's such a it's such a weird place to be in now. Like, uh, you know, and, and you know, we'll we'll probably talk about Kikuchi as well. But it's like where it's like, oh, I, I like I believe in the like they're they're taking on a this guy may be a bit of a project like offensively, uh, which I like. I don't think in the even in the you know he has recent enough 
like a track record where you know of, of being a much better player than he was in the last like last year and in the abbreviated year. Uh, but yeah, like they like they helped. Like Marcus Simeon had never hit for power the way that he did last year. They kind of helped, I assume, help coax coax some more out of him. And and they're, you know, they, they are they are uh, all in on on R and D and on like you know getting the getting the rap soto and using the technology and doing whatever they can. That's what the taxpayers of Pinellas County, Florida, uh, have really like helped. And I'm sure do. they're delighted. I'm sure they're delighted no to see. It. <laughs> but like, but like that's. I mean, they are they they are they have in, in, deliberately become like a, a bleeding edge kind of team in terms of like what like what can we do to help get like cope and, and you know it doesn't always work like randall gritchick you know he cut down on the strikers didn't really help him but uh you know they're, they're it's not like foolproof obviously but uh they have tools there to help guys you know uh stay within themselves and yet change a little bit and 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 hopefully for the better and it, it's definitely worked a bit on the pitching side obviously um and it's like it's just it's such a weird place to be in as uh, you know as as, as somebody who watches the team and who's followed them forever because it's like oh like i actually believe that like maybe there's a chance that they will coax more out of out of a, a guy instead of being like oh they got a guy who can't hit um which even in this case if he if, even if he can't hit he's so good defensively it doesn't matter but I do think that, like, yeah, twenty twenty one is probably. I I would be I'm I would be confident saying that's like a low watermark for for Matt Chapman. I think he will. Uh, I think he'll hit even better, and 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 this trade will look even more lopsided eventually than it does right now, unless Hoagland like really hits. And but also, who cares? I don't. I certainly don't care. It's funny because <laughs> the whole the whole high performance thing used to be such a punchline, like not long ago, yeah, right? Man. Like twenty, you know, twenty nineteen, even kind of sort of pre the Vladdy Bow and those guys really establishing themselves. They used to talk about it all the time, and people would be like, "That's bullshit. Show us the proof." <laughs> and it was it was a fair criticism because they had been there since twenty sixteen, and they hadn't really shown like they talked a lot about player development. And they hadn't shown a particular aptitude for it. It wasn't like it had been a disaster yeah. and they'd shown like absolutely nothing, but the players that they had traded for the Orioles, yeah. Yeah, but the players they <laughs> traded for hadn't really hit yet. Like Teoscar Hernandez was the closest and he hadn't really fully hit yet. And they hadn't brought up a lot of young guys who had succeeded. Like the pitching was often a disaster. And it felt like they were selling a bill of goods and that, you know. This is what they wanted to emphasize, but there was no evidence that they were that they were the Dodgers that they wanted to be and that they were the Rays yeah. that they want to be. And I'm not saying that they're that now. And people can get can go a little bit overboard assuming that any player or let's, you know, let's be specific I've, I've with seen pitchers. The, I've, seen the, I've seen the Pete Walker picture tweets. Yeah. Yeah. That any pitcher <laughs> that the Blue Jays get is uh is gonna instantly be amazing. But they but they've provided a little bit of evidence. Like there is a reason to have faith yeah. in this Blue Jays institution for doing this that goes beyond homerism. Like it used to be, like you said, the yeah. Blue Jays would sign a player and you'd think, oh, maybe this guy will bounce back from the shitty year he had, or maybe they can find something extra. But that wasn't based on anything. Like that was just us thinking like, oh, maybe this will be like all those years in the 2000s where they were kind of fine, but they weren't good enough <laughs> to do anything. They'd always bring in new players and you'd think, oh, like maybe if these players hit, this will be the year where kind of everything folds their way and finally they break through. 
and it never happened. And it, you know, it could have happened a couple of those years, but it never did. And now they when hit you, on some guys, they hit on Marcus Goudreau, you know, they, they hit on, you know, but, but yeah, a lot of misses as well. But the, now when they bring people in, yeah, we, we shouldn't get overzealous, but there is a reason to believe that when you sign up the Toronto Blue Jays, this is a team that might be able to get the best out of you. Maybe not uh, every I, player, but. And I think that's deliberate, right? I mean, I think that's been, you know, since day one, they've, they wanted to be that kind of organization. And I think they, you know, they specifically will say like, you know they're not they're they're not there to they're not trying to tell guys how to like they're they're not trying to tell guys how to you know what exactly to do and like be draconian about it but they will themselves be like we're here to provide resources for them want guys who want to be as you know the best players that they can which is you know when you get to that level most of them and uh and and are and are happy to do it and i think you know they talk, talk like seeing some of the talk about kikuchi coming into camp where you know he's a guy who's also a little bit of a project um and and i think pete walker was uh, was asked the other day and was like well you know let him do what it, you know well we have we have some input we can give but it's not like right away we're going to tell you here's now you're here here's what you can drop the cutter you know what you know whatever it's like uh, they, Let them throw a few pitches. <laughs> yeah, but they're cognizant of the of the that dynamic of how like those like like let players get the best out of themselves and give them the the space and resources to do it uh, because it, it, I think they will be more responsive to it. I assume than you know than if you're like here's what you you know don't like you know you're not throwing this anymore or you like you, you're changing like you, can't, you have to do one thing or the other. Um, and, and it seems to, it really does seem to be like paying off. Like Bo Bichette is another, like, as a guy who, you know, was like happy to sign with the Jays instead of going to Arizona state or wherever he was going to go. Um, cause they were like, no, we're not going to change your swing. We're just, you know, we'll, we, we're not, we're not going to ask you to be different. We're just going to be there if it's not going well <laughs> to sort of help point you in the right direction that we kind of have already decided is the right direction. And it's, a, it's a different thing, I think, than that being like, literally like, or like the Orioles for a while were like, don't you, like, you can't throw a cutter. Like Kevin Gosling, or, you know, Gosling couldn't throw a cutter. Like Dylan Bundy. Uh, they, they just didn't like that. And that's like that top down kind of shit. Does it, uh, uh, it does that doesn't seem to work i don't know but you also, know how these millennials and gen <laughs> gen zers are you know you got to give them input you got to give them reasons for things it's a whole different ball game so no. but but, but, it, but it, there's it really, maybe something weird. To that. it feels good it feels good it feels like they yeah it feels like they they it's weird to feel confident about the toronto blue jays organization that is a that is a feeling i have not had since 1993 yeah, and Kikuchi is a really interesting one, and he is a project, and and they're paying a premium for that, right? Like they're giving yeah, him a three year contract. It's the same contract Anthony DiSclefani got, and DiSclefani is like a very solid mid, like kind of fourth starter type who you can absolutely rely on. That's not what Kikuchi is. Kikuchi is a set of characteristics. Yeah. Now, I I like him quite a bit, and you know, I kind of I tweeted about how much I like him compared to some other people. Because he's someone I really, I really thought the Blue Jays should go after at the 2020 trade deadline, um, as sort of a midpoint guy who maybe they could catch at the right time before the Mariners caught on to the fact he was good. Um, 
And he was good for much of 2021. He was sneaky good in 2020, even though the ERA yeah. was kind of bloated out of nowhere. You know, he, he, guys who throw as hard as he does from the left side, not easy to come by. You know, he's got a slider. He's got a, a changeup that has really come along in the last couple of years. But it, it reminds you quite a bit of Steven Matz. Like he was a guy who yeah. had good stuff that couldn't really locate the ball well. And then guys would pound it and they weren't. Like Kikuchi has bad contact management numbers. It's not because his stuff sucks. It's because right. he can't put the stuff where it needs to be. And so it, it leaks over the plate and guys hit it. It's not because the fastball is no good or the slider is no good. Like the stuff is interesting. And, you know, they had success with Matt. They had success with Ray. That doesn't mean they'll have success with him. But the upside for him is really, really high. Like this could be an absolute steal. And it, it could be a bit of a disaster too. And it, it is an interesting move because it's the sort of move that maybe would have made more sense like two years ago. Like maybe uh, maybe you want more of a Di Sclafani these days because you feel like the team is already there and you want that level of certainty. But this is a bit of a gamble. And it's it's interesting to me. I think I would give this contract out. But uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see a scenario where it goes completely wrong. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, maybe he probably throws hard enough from the left side that you can you can stick him in the bullpen. That's not obviously not what you what he's there for. But he like it is a risk. Um, you know, and it's it's not and it's not Terror Roark where you just hope it <laughs> hope oh. hope whatever however that worked before continues working. Well, and I, I think I think the floor for for Kikuchi is still. You know, if he's your number five, even like the floor, like what he was last year, though he did kind of lose his job with the Mariners <laughs> down the stretch. Uh, I like, I think, yeah, I, I think that I think the stuff is enough that you can, that that yeah, he you you can you'll you can be very happy with. It. I mean, three years does feel like a long time, but that's also kind of a risk that a, a contending team, which is what the Blue Jays are, um, not even you know, not even just in our mind, like like Fangraphs playoff odds have them as the like I don't think there's a team in the American League with higher playoff, you know, make the playoff odds right now, and that was before Chapman. Um, like they're they're a good team. They're like and and to have this guy as your fifth starter, I think is uh, uh, that's the, that's that's perfect. It's a great project. I you know I don't want to be too. It feels weird to be like too up on everything that they're doing, but uh, but I love that deal as well. Like even though you know. Obviously, you would prefer him to get like a Robbie Ray, like one year, eight million dollar deal instead of three for thirty six. But, uh, but yeah, I, th I mean, I think he can be useful actually as a bullpen piece if that if that's what it comes to. But, uh, but for now, you know, he's just he's keeping Nate Pearson at bay, and if Nate Pearson wants to steal that job, that would be that he, all the better. Um, don't see that happening, sadly, uh, especially because Nate's going to be in Cleveland after the Ramirez trade. <laughs> but uh but yeah there's i mean there's so much to like and it's the same thing with it's like yeah you kind of, you kind of believe like i don't know yeah let, like let let give these guys like give the give matt bushman and pete walker and the the whole you know the the guys with the pitch design and the and like the pitching development or i don't know what bushman's title actually is but um like give them a like giving the giving giving them a chance with you know uh Andrew Vasquez is one thing, but giving them a chance like with Kikuchi, like that's a like that's that's a real fucking talent. Uh 
I'm very, I'm intrigued to see what they can coax out of him and how they can help him become better because we've seen it with Matt's and we saw it with Ray. Uh, I kind of just assume they're going to be like, yeah, move six inches on the to the left on the rubber and then and then he's going to be amazing or something stupid like that. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just a, it's such a weird place to be like feel confident about about that and not be like, oh, this is this signing. I don't know, but also it, it's your fifth starter and you know and. It, the, the the money is is like clearly Rogers is like they're spending, um, so yeah, it's a, I think it's a great gamble to take. It's a, it's the gamble like it, you know it's like the Yankees getting Corey Kluber last year, or it's like you know that that's what that's what big dick teams do is be like all right let's let's try to let's pay a little more than we needed to to get a guy who we think could be really good, and if it doesn't work out, we'll just eat the money and it's fine. Uh, and like. That and for me, you know, I I like Kuchi. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather cheer for him than some like fucking <laughs> fucking Republican Texas fucking slab of meat. You know, uh, I I think he's a I think he's a fun guy, and I, I you know I like cheering for the the pitchers from from uh, from you know Korea and, and Japan and and whatnot. Um, just for 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 that reason alone, just because I think they're Tomo like, Oko is so fun to cheer for. Well, <laughs> look, I mean, I mean, uh, maybe I'm basing it on Ryu, who's like, you know, going out getting drunk at the, at the you know, in, in Korea. Oh, well, co- yeah, Ryu is. Like, he's dude. like, he's, he's like, like, he's amazing. Yeah, he's a dude. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, no, I think I, it, it's like, but for nothing else, I think it's great that it's, that's the kind of move that they're trying to, it's like, you, yeah, you could experiment for $36 million with your fifth starter. I mean, that's awesome. That's a great place to be. Definitely. And it's interesting you brought up Roark at the beginning of that because there might have been <laughs> some learning. Like, it is very literally the opposite move, right? I think they had a, a vacancy in the rotation before and they overpaid for a sense of certainty. They thought, you know, Roark isn't great, but we know exactly what we're going to get for this guy and we're willing to pay for that. And it turned out they didn't because his, <laughs> uh, his stuff was absolute garbage. Like, some of the worst stuff I've seen in recent years. And the reason why is because sometimes when you pay for that that sort of mediocrity, for lack of a better term, the margin for error for those guys is quite thin. So, like, yes, they're getting by because they know exactly what they're doing and they execute on it. But if something falls off a little bit, there's no talent margin for error there. And Kikuchi's the exact opposite. There's tons of margin for error on his talent, but they've need there's some stuff that needs to get figured out, and it may not. Uh, you know, this may be a bit of an anchor. You, it wouldn't be shocking if he was a bullpen piece in two years. I'm more optimistic than that. But sure. I, yeah, I'd prefer to see a front office take a gamble on someone with upside as, a, as opposed to paying for floor. Because sometimes you pay for floor and you don't even get it. And that is the most depressing scenario of all. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened with Rower. And I, I think, though, also, you know, it's it, it, like it, 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 the fact that they are clearly a win now team and clearly you know, one of the best teams in the American League right now uh, helps that. Like, you know, uh, Kikuchi wouldn't be available to the 2019 Blue Jays, probably. Like, he would probably see the same money, at, uh, you know, at a, on, a, on a contending team. Um, whereas, you know, Rourke, you know, that they needed they needed that floor. Like, that floor was important. Like, 2020, what would, like, it was like Ryu, Thornton, Roark, like Matt Shoemaker, like they're like the the rotation has come a long way. It, it really helps when you have 
you know, two hundred million dollar pitchers at an eighty million dollar pitcher and like a rookie of the year candidate in your rotation already, right? Like that. I think that's opened up opportunities for them, and you know that's why I think that's why Springer was such a coup for them because they they weren't quite there yet, and Ryu as well. Like you know, just to just to get those guys on board, and they did they did probably overpay a little bit for Ryu, you know, overpay quote unquote, like whatever, get what you know, get what you can, but. Yeah, I, I think that like just to, for for them to be in that in this spot in the win curve is like that's where you have to exploit that that opportunity that you have, and that's I think why Kikuchi's a perfect a perfect fit here. I think that's why that's why Matt Chapman's a fucking perfect fit. Um, but like yeah, in terms of free agents, and I think and frankly, I think they should keep pushing. I hope that like by the time we're done recording this, there's like I hope this becomes stale really quickly. That that like they they do some insane. Uh, Jose Ramirez trade before uh, before I even am done editing this podcast because but that's what that's in the that's the position they're in which is uh, which is well earned it's taken them a while um, but I think they like those like Ryu and Springer especially are like benchmarks where you know you ha- you had to convince guys to come to teams and, and to come to their team that isn't isn't quite there but now it's like yeah of course of course they're in like on every free agent rumor like of course they're talking to freddie freeman and, and probably like seriously i don't know if it'll work out but like uh they're like who wouldn't want to play for the toronto blue jays right now or for the next six years like they're they're in a, such a great position it's uh it's kind of awesome it it is gotten pretty wild <laughs> on uh on twitter today I, I thought it was interesting because when i when i saw this matt chapman deal my first thought was okay this is kind of it like this they've sort of completed the team they don't need both Biggio and Espinal to start every day. You've got your five-man rotation now, obviously with a couple of other options and Stripling and Pearson. Uh, yeah, you could probably throw a bullpen guy or two on top of the pile of those guys. But essentially, this is a locked-in team. And that's not to say that um, it would be a bad idea to add to it. You can always add to a team. Like you said, they already had the top Fangraphs playoff odds in the American League prior to this Matt Chapman deal. so. You can imagine where those are going, but it it is funny because you know a couple of years ago people were over the moon at the signing of Ryu as the sign for the franchise, like okay we're doing something, and you know it was sort of the beginning of what a lot of this ended up being. But now in a matter of days they they get a very good fifth starter at the very least, and they trade for you know a st- absolute star at third base, and the idea is like what's next, and that is such a crazy mindset to me considering where this franchise has been. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, uh, and it doesn't hurt that like, I don't know, the Yankees are waiting on their prospect shortstop to come up in two years and, and seem like, you know, they, they, I, I wrote this the other day, you know, they, they may still have a, a big, bad Yankees move left in them. I'm not going to count them out yet, but it, I don't know. It's like, it feels like this is a loaded division and yet the Jays are still, really well positioned especially also because like half the yankees and red sox can't play in toronto which is a which is going to be another thing or or even in new york apparently yeah i mean <laughs> i assume that's going to change i assume they'll be able to play in new york um but if aaron judge isn't going to get vaccinated and chris sale isn't going to get vaccinated i don't think they're going to play in toronto this year like that's sort of that's in the cba and and frankly they it shouldn't be it shouldn't get out of the cba um, and I think the Jays are correct in being like, well, we got fucked for two years. It's tough. Just get your players vaccinated. 
Judge's answer to the question of whether he's vaccinated <laughs> is truly hilarious. It was very good. Like almost as good. I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at this Bob Nightingale tweet. Does Freddie Freeman with a classy farewell to 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 Atlanta and its passionate fan base? He may be gone, but he'll be forgotten. <laughs> it's like Ooh. classic Bob. Classic Bob forgetting a word there. A very, very important word. Is what hey, I think B- I Bob had some moments during the CBA. Okay. He, <laughs> he reported on some optimism. So and did a deal get done? Yes. So who was right? It was the people reporting on that optimism. That's right. He brought some donuts one day. I saw. That is going to be such a... A bit of a Mr. Peanut Butter, I feel. A fun thing, just not (laughs) uh, hearing about optimism and not hearing about labor talks for the next little bit. There's going to be a season. Uh, The Blue Jays are going to be pretty damn good during this season. I feel pretty confident predicting. We could... I feel your your previous prediction about... the fox news moment still 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 in play still in play yeah i mean that'll <laughs> I think be fun I, too I think that could be a thing yeah like i mean there there's so much good feeling around this team right now like if i was really determined to do it like you could go and poke some holes in some of these deals but i genuinely i really like the chapman deal i really like the kikuchi deal if they do something else that's a cherry on top of everything but if this is the team locked and loaded you know, for a lot of the offseason, obviously the CBA is a huge part of this, but the phrase, you know, we kept going back to was like, this team is not complete. And yeah. now this team feels complete. And that's a pretty exciting moment. And it could be, I know being complete is kind of binary, yes or no, but Would like, it could like become more complete. that isn't Kevin Biggio, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that might be a, <laughs> an outfielder who doesn't play every day and, you know, they're but all, uh, yeah, Corey Dickerson, bring, yeah. Come up, run it back. But no, and also I think that they they proved last year, and I think the Yankees did as well. Like, you know, we, we do talk about. There's been a lot of talk, and clearly, I think a lot of the focus, rumors wise, has been about the left-handed hitters, because that is a a, a thing. But well, if they're all good, if they're all good hitters, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, there there's certain pitchers that are going to be difficult for the Blue Jays just by nature of some of their hitters being fairly similar. There will also be certain pitchers that they absolutely clobber by virtue of their hitters being somewhat similar. Uh, yeah, you in an ideal world, you have more lefties and righties in your lineup, but also there aren't many worlds where you get to have Guerrero, Bichette, Chapman, <laughs> Teoscar, Gurriel, and Springer in your lineup, and a pretty interesting catching rotation as well. So. There's a yeah. lot of teams that would love to trade for the Blue Jays lineup, even though they have a little bit more balance from a lefty-righty perspective. I think they would say we'd take the Blue Jays lineup. So I understand the anxiety about that. Uh, I, yeah, you're right. They'd probably add another left-handed bat of some kind. Maybe not that high maybe profile. A switching, maybe a switch-hitting shortstop. Maybe. Or, one who plays, who's happy to play base, second yeah. base. Yeah. Um, maybe. But <laughs> but if they don't, I, I don't think that people should go into the season alarmed because, as you said, being a good hitter is the most important thing, and there is no shortage of good hitters here. Yeah, and it's just, you know, a, there has not been a lot of years for a long time where it's like it would be crazier if the Blue Jays missed the playoffs than if they made the playoffs right now. Um, and I don't think that there's there, – I, I can't remember a lot of years where that has been the case. It's always like, oh, you know, like like, even last year, it's like, well, if Vlad breaks out, which he obviously did, you know, it it was, it was not, 
it was not like it would it would not have surprised anyone if the Blue Jays missed the playoffs last year at the start at this point last year or any of the years even you know 2013 was obviously a big one you know 2015 felt like they should and then but like there's not there's not we we just haven't around here had a lot of years where it's like it would be insane if the Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs. Like it, it would be weirder if they missed than if they made it. It feels that they absolutely should make the playoffs, and uh, yeah, it's it's just gonna be a lot of fun. It's just gonna be a lot of fun, and that's uh, it's 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 delightful. All right, well, I think that seems like a <laughs> a, a good enough place to leave it. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Hopefully, you appreciate some emergency content, and we will see you next week.